For show notes, updates, and free resources, be sure to join our email community. Information, photos, blogs, and more. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We're available at the App Store and on Google Play. Now, here is your host. Hey guys, welcome to Archery Matters, hosted by America's Best Bowstrings. My name is Tanner Guy, and today we're going to be talking about the up-and-coming shoots, including the ABB shoot-off in March, the changes that we experienced in this last hunting season, and the transition to the 3D target season. All right, guys, I've got Tim, Joe, Justin, Zach, and the president of America's Best Bowstrings, Jerry Mullet. How's it going, guys? Good, good. 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 Well, I'm here this week, so. Yeah. So, all right, Jerry, um, I guess this is your first time being on the show with us. Um, tell us a little bit about, I guess, the history of America's Best Bowstrings and how you got to the point of where you're at today, and I guess, go for it. Well, thanks, Tanner. Um, I mean, we started the company in 2006, and really it was kind of out of a desire to build a better bowstring than what we were currently buying on the market. And, um, you know, we've we've talked about this for years. We've focused on quality, and obviously we've had that focus since day one, and it's because of you guys that um, we have what we have. So I would say, first off, just thanks for being here and doing such a good job at ABB. So. Well, thank you. All right, so I guess, I guess we're going to start with uh, the hunting season, and uh, I I think one of the issues that we have, I guess, in our area is the no baiting that kind of just affected us this last season. Or I get, well, is it this? It started. When did it exactly start? The baiting, the no baiting thing. Just, just uh, the week before gun season, I believe. Or mm-hmm. actually, it was the on the day of gun season. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, is it nine townships? I think seven or nine townships, and they're they're going to do supposedly they're doing like a three year thing right. tentatively minimum three years so so yeah. i guess explain it a little bit more because i know a lot of our listeners aren't in those those areas so to, i guess explain jerry what how that affected people and, and what really the rules were well basically ohio has been a baiting state for years it's been legal to bait and you know we had a local deer farmer that didn't abide by the rules um on a deer farm this was not you know wild deer and Obviously got caught, got busted, had CWD, and some of his deer did get out from what we understand. And I think the uh, ODNR is just trying to take some precautionary measures against that, you know, to try to prevent, you know, anything to, to spread from that disease locally in our wild deer herd. So they elected to just stop the whole baiting thing. You can't bait anything outside of, you can plant food plots, but anything that you would pour on the ground or something like that, you're yeah, not allowed to lose nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's going to affect a lot of hunters. You know, the sad thing is it's going to affect a lot of guys that have small parcels Mm -hmm. that have, you know, five acres, 20 acres, 40 acres, and that's all they have. And they're weekend warriors. And, you know, for them putting some corn out or something like that, it's a big deal. And if they're not able to do that anymore, that's going to probably affect their hunting. Larger tracks or people that have food plots and have the ability to do that are probably not going to be as affected by it. Yeah. One good thing about the whole whole situation is they checked uh they had check stations mm-hmm. and they did not find any 
CWD in the wild. Right. Yeah. Right. Like, so it's uh, a good sign so far. Yeah. Like, I went to one of, like, the meat processors that are around here. There was a game warden at every single meat processor in the counties that are affected by it. And every deer that was shot in the area that there's no baiting, they actually took the tarsal glands out and they were checking every single deer. And the report is that there was not one deer found all season that had CWD in it. So, I that's a positive. Don't they use lymph nodes? Yeah. Lymph, lymph nodes. nodes. Lymph nodes, yeah. Anyway. And that's transferred in the saliva of the deer, right? So yes. That's why yeah. And I think yeah, that's why they're trying to prevent the whole... They're trying to just minimize any possible risk of it spreading. Um, I think from the DNR officers that I spoke to, um, everybody felt you know relatively safe that we don't have anything to worry about. And nobody's been reporting any sick deer or anything like that. So it's just a precautionary measure it's opened up a can of worms locally among hunters obviously there's a lot of controversy about it and now, understandably is there, is there any rule changes with a lot of these deer farmers that have multiple deer in one pen i don't think there's been any rule changes it's been pretty strict to start with but when they don't follow the rules this, this is what happens right right yeah i mean they're they're just they have a strict uh, rules to follow and what they do and how they move the deer and uh, apparently that wasn't followed so this is the result Alrighty, righty i think that sums that that up but anyway <laughs> i guess we're, the next thing we're going to go up to is the upcoming event the uh the asa in alabama that's the first asa event of the 2016 uh season who is any of you guys, are you, any of you guys going to go to that yeah John? i'm i think i'm the only one that's going to it that's at the table this year um so what's your what's your preparations for that event well i mean basically i've been well, basically, all I do is switch arrows out. I actually like to keep the same bow set up. I shoot, um, I basically shoot the same bow all year, um, same poundage, same everything. The only thing I change out is arrows, so I'll have to change my knock height a little bit just to get my arrows to tune a little bit better. Um, other than that, that's basically all I really change. Obviously, I have to get a sight tape, start practicing judging yardage and stuff like that, but... That's from what arrow it. do you change from to two? Um, for me, I use the triple X, which is a 27 series from gold tip. And then for that's for my indoor arrow. Then whenever I switch to ASAs, I use the X cutter and I get it set up to the speed limit for ASA since they have a 292 speed limit for the pro class. Um, and yeah, well, the, and the ASAs in couple weeks from this week it's february 26th to the 28th in foley alabama so and are we looking to see the same group of people that we've been seeing in all these other events or is there a is it a different is it a different um, crowd for the majority well majority of the guys like that went to vegas or indoor tournaments a lot of them won't go but a lot of the guys will be there you know levi nathan brooks dan mccarthy a lot of these guys they shoot both indoors and 3d so they'll those guys will be there um but uh we're get, they're getting more and more indoor shooters with the known yardage classes yeah mm -hmm. that's true yeah. a lot of the guys like chris perkins has been starting to go to some asas uh scott and d starnes have went to some and they you know with the known classes the asas have the guys that don't like to practice judging yardage or you know feel like they can't yeah, yeah. <laughs> they don't have to judge yardage they can just pull out the rangefinder and click it and shoot and i mean they actually have a really competitive known 50 and known 45 class at the asas as well it's almost a can't miss class yeah yeah because yeah. yeah, i shoot the known 45 in the asas 
mainly just because one, I can't judge yardage for crap, but um, <laughs> he's dishonest. <laughs> yeah, so much easier just pull out the rangefinder, click it, and you got it. But yeah, there is um, really high scores in both classes, and it, even if if you just miss a couple, you're you're pretty much done as it is. Yeah. The other thing that's going to really help the K50 and the K45 this year, especially the K50, is uh, the bow manufacturers are putting up more contingency this year. Yeah. I know uh, PSC put up some, Hoyt's putting up some. I'm not sure about Matthew. Botex even put up contingency this year. So uh, that'll be a great increase. It'll in be a good K50. push to you know get people to go into the yeah. events and. Uh, yeah. It's making not, some money. It's not near as bit high of a contingency as the pro class, but it's still a pretty decent contingency. They're basically mm -hmm. the known 50 class. Oh, and known 50 is also having shoot-offs this year, too. Oh. Anybody that makes the top five is going to have a shoot-off right out there with the pros. So basically, they're making a known, a known pro class out of the known 50 class. Mm -hmm. So so I've got to ask you, Justin, with the weather we're having, now that deer season's over, we're finally getting snow. Um, yeah. yeah. How's that yardage judging practice going for you right now? Not, not going very well, actually. <laughs> this last weekend was nice. I actually got some practice in. Um, this next weekend, I'm going to try to find somebody that has some indoor 3Ds. I think out, I'm going to my girlfriend's house in Indiana, and there's an indoor range they have out to 50 yards, so I'll get some judging practice there and other than that that's about it let's just quickly talk about um i you know i get asked this a lot is how do you judge yardage so what's your how do you judge yardage well for i'm i like to go strictly off body size myself i like to walk up to it and kind of just kind of gut instinct almost body size but i also use the ground as a second reference i like to kind of find my 20 30 40 mm -hmm. almost like throwing bags people like mm -hmm. to call it so that's kind of what I do. I mean, I don't know. What do you do, Joe? Um, uh, like you're saying, I do like to go off of body size, but I will also double check it with ground, like you're saying, like you're 20, 30. And then I'll also sometimes try to pick your halfway. And you take those references and you put them all together. But at the end of the day, you just need to have your gut feeling what that target is. Because if you pretty much judge the target between 40 and 43 yards and every uh, increment you're using to come up with it and it falls between 40 and 43 yards, shoot it for 41 and a half yards. I mean, you're going to be a solid 10. So, what, what do you like to do, Jerry? I mean, I know you've I, shot 3Ds a lot, so. Pretty much the same thing you're doing. Mm -hmm. I think, to me, the, the absolute at every target is the target itself. Mm -hmm. yeah. You can't always see the ground. You can't always you know see they, they like to hide things at times and sometimes you've got little valleys and stuff so for me yeah that's just when been the way i do it is try to judge that target when you first walk up to the state and go it's 38 yards or it's 50 or whatever yeah and and then just go from there like joe was saying i think that's for me that works there's people that use the ground and they use it very effectively i don't think there's a right yeah. way it's just interesting yeah. to see how what different people do yeah and that's one thing with asas too they're all so flat compared to the ibos i mean you can most of the time you can see the ground all the way to the targets but then they do do a really good job at hiding a lot of it too and then when you're at IBOs, you've got so many rolling hills, you might see 10 yards in front of you, and then there's nothing until you get to the target. Yeah. So it's they, they throw you some curveballs on one hilltop to the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes it challenging, though. Yeah. All right. So I guess the, uh, the next thing we're going to roll into is the, uh, is the, the NASP shoot. Yes, um, we had a local NAS tournament, so we want to kind of touch up on that and kind of go over who won their classes. Um, just kind of like give a shout out to the local kids in the NAS industry and 
Um, we are very heavily involved in that actually around here. We try to do as much as we can with the kids. So me and Jerry went over, we watched the kids shoot and we actually shot in the adult class later that day, which was very, very fun. Um, but the male, uh, grade three and four, Matthew Sharp, uh, won it with a 281 female grade three and four, Caitlin Blair with a 287, um, male grade five or was Owen Scott with a 283. Um, female for grade five was um, Sabrina Sneffer at a 277. Uh, male six, seven, and eighth grade was Zach Browning uh, from Waynedale. Uh, female six, seven, and eight was Esther Swine with a 290. And then Zach also had the high score of the tournament, right? Yeah, with, with a 292, 292, which was very impressive shooting. Some of these scores that I'm reading out are just unbelievable. Then for the high school male was Clay Williams with a 291. And then uh, Brittany Harden um, with a 287 for the high school female. That's so, great. I mean, some of these scores that I'm reading out are just really, really and that's, unbelievable. And I, I think it's really cool that, you know, especially with uh, archery, I guess it's it's kind of a, I don't know, would, would you call it like a, a hidden gem in some of the upcoming sports and sports that are, you know, kind mm -hmm. of the back. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, the, it's kind of cool to see these young people get involved, you know, have something for them to do, um, these shoots that they can go to. Um, how many... How many shoots like that are there a year for these kids to go to? There's, there's a, like in Ohio, actually, I think the Appalachian uh, Conference, and, and Chad Lorenz, pardon me if I'm pronounced or saying that wrong, but there's like an Appalachian Conference, I guess, of multi-state or area. Or association. And they have an association. They have a tournament every weekend. And then obviously everything everything kind of boils down to the nationals, and then there's also world shoot where we have literally kids from around the world coming to compete for that. So there's thousands, <clears throat> thousands showing. I think last year at, at the national tournament there was right around eleven thousand kids there wow. for that weekend, which so, blows away our tournaments. Oh, it blows away the, the regular archery tournaments by a long shot. I think it's a just a fantastic program that can really help archery in general grow because you got kids. Um, starting out in this, even if you, even if only fifty percent of them move on into the archery as an adult, yeah, that's going to help the sport out tremendously. Fifty-five hundred kids, and I'd like to touch back to what Joe was saying about some of these scores with these kids. When you think about it, we're used to shooting whether we're hunting or target shooting. We're used to shooting with sight, mm -hmm. release, you know, stabilizers. stabilizers. I mean, these kids are shooting like Zach shooting eight points off of a perfect score. With a bow that has no draw stop, no no release, mm -hmm. no sight, um, that's impressive. Yeah. That is very impressive. Yeah. And Joe, I know you and I have worked with several of the kids individually. Mm -hmm. It's and and we've shot ourselves, and it's tough. It's hard to shoot that. I tell you what, we got beat by girls. <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty bad. Wait, okay, yeah. I, I want to I want to hear how this adult shoot went that you guys were in. Oh, it was actually a lot of fun. Um, how, many, how many adults shot in it? We almost had a full line. Um, it had to be 50, 60 probably? Yeah, there were a lot of adults shooting it. Um, I know, I think I won with the 290, and you got second with the 282, and then third was right at 281. So, I mean, we shot good, but like Esther from, she shot a 290 as a 6th, 7th, 8th grader. That's, That's just, awesome. Yeah. So is there something... Now is that something that the school offers to these kids, um, or is you know how do, how does how do they even know about this 
to, to begin? Well, NASP is like, it's a national program that any school, I believe any school can um, apply for and they can get grants through whatever to get equipment, so on and so forth. And it, it's a phys ed class is what it is. Okay. But yeah, it, it's it a lot for most of these schools. It's actually turned into like an extracurricular thing. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. my girlfriend, Brandy, their school, she did it all the way through school and they, it's a major sports team for them. Mm-hmm. Like they get, mm-hmm. you know, they go to the, all the tournaments. If anybody qualifies, they go. I mean, it's a major thing for them. They have a lot of coaches. They do it after school. I mean, they have practice just like football or basketball team would have. So and, and good point. I mean, there's I know there's schools that have a very very strong solid program where it's like a varsity, like you're mm-hmm. saying, basketball, mm-hmm. football, whatever. Yeah, you have to try out and be good enough to actually be on the archery team to go to the event. So it's that's pretty cool. That's and you cool. don't have to be able to. Hit a baseball, right? Shoot yeah. a basket in the basketball. You don't yeah. have to be able to run or catch a football. You just—it's a completely different yeah. sport. That anyone—it's a mindset it. game almost. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one one cool thing that I've used started doing a couple years ago. I think mm-hmm. it is they started having. I'm not sure if it's a nationals or worlds or where it is, but they have an actual 3D shoot with the at the tournament. They have a separate basically a 3d tournament with the same bows that they shoot so they're trying to incorporate that into and get them interested once they graduate or get done with nasp then they can move on into other things 3d into 3d side and try to get them involved in the tournaments once they're done so it's gonna be a big thing to help grow archery so i guess speaking of the the 3d that's i get that we're going to use that to transition into the next topic and that would be the uh the uh the transition from um, how these archers are moving into the 3D, the 3D shoots, and I guess, um, I guess, Joe, can you elaborate a little bit into that? Um, there, there's a lot of different ways guys transition from indoor to 3D. Me, back in the day when I only had one bow, I used to set up a bow, go to the indoor shoot. A week later, we'd be going to an IBO, so I'd be resetting it up all the time. But nowadays, I got two bows that I use. Don't but... let him kid you. He still takes them apart every week. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Even if true. it's for the same thing. <laughs> but um, I... I use a lot fatter shaft on an indoor score, obviously, to catch lines, and then outdoors. For ASA, I normally use a 22 and or an X cutter, and then for IBO, I run a 22. That's the best arrow I found out of the gold tips. Um, reservoir to really shoot good. So, but the transition is a little bit different. You got to judge yardage on mm-hmm. 3D spots. You're mainly focused on your form, how steady you can hold, and really getting your mental game prepared. And then 3D is you got to have all that mental game that you have on indoors and holding steady. Plus, you got to know the yardage. Don't so, forget wind, yeah, yeah. rain, heat, yeah, a lot of variables. Yeah. A lot of variables. Yeah. Yeah. Never ran into a mosquito. <laughs> no, never once. All right, so I, we're going to take a quick break, and when we get back, we're going to talk about the, the Ashland five-spot uh, shoot, and then we're going to talk about um, America's Best Bowstrings, their shoot that's coming up. And I think then we're just going to wrap it up, and we'll see you in a little bit. For show notes, updates, and free resources, be sure to join our email community. All right, guys, welcome back to Archery Matters, hosted by America's Best Bowstrings. We're gonna finish up this this episode with uh, the Ashland shoot and our ABB shoot. So I guess Joe, enlighten us with what's going on in Ashland. All right, the Ashland um, Bowman Club is putting on a big five spot shoot, which is paying out a bunch of money. So we just want to give them a quick shout out. Uh, try to get as many people there as we possibly can. 
Do you uh, know how much monies they're handing out? Yes, I do. The open class, they are paying out 5, 3, 125, and 75. That's 100. One, that's 100, yes. <laughs> uh, first through fourth. And then the 100 class, they are paying out 250, 125, 75, and 50. And the entry fee is $60 to get in. So I know there's still some spots available. And so, what's, the, what's the date again? Um, it's a three day shoot. Uh, the 19th and 20th of February, there's the qualifying rounds, and then the 21st, they're having a bracketed shoot-up. Yeah. All right, awesome. Yeah, That's like in two weeks? Yep. yep. Not yeah. this weekend, but the next yeah. weekend. So okay. I'm sure after that event happens, we're going to probably be uh, spouting off some of the people that placed and yep. how people did. Yeah, and... this is the first year for the shoot, so we'll see how it goes. Yeah. I know they had, they had a sponsor that if they could get, if they got to a certain number of shooters, it mm. would, the guaranteed money goes up substantially so so yeah they're if, hoping to get it to that at least and yeah if you're like indiana pa pennsylvania kentucky it'd be great practice for your state indoor rounds coming up so i mean cool. pennsylvania or pa yeah one of those two either yeah, one, one of those two states one of those states you're from <laughs> yeah so if you're close to ohio come over and check it out shoot in it i mean there's a lot of hotels and restaurants very close in there so i mean and speaking of ohio shoots ABB on March 26th, we are going to be doing our fifth annual indoor shoot-off. Um, registration is, is online. You'll be able to see that on our the, the America's Best Bowstrings website and Archery's Matters as well. Um, all, all the stuff is going to be, uh, all the scoring is going to be electronic this year. It's going to be probably a little bit different than we've done it in the past. Uh, registration, like I said, is online. Um, Jerry, tell us what kind of money you're putting on the table. Well, there's actually a, a new announcement um, that I actually even haven't told you guys about. Oh, geez. PSE is offering contingency again for this shoot, mm. this year's shoot for the unlimited class. I know that for sure. I don't know how much yet, and also if we're doing something for the other classes, but Blake did tell me that they will be doing contingency again. So awesome. in addition nice. to whatever PSE is doing, so yeah, PSE shooters, uh, mm -hmm. shout out for you guys. <laughs> which includes this table. Chris um, Perkins. Chris Perkins. <laughs> um, <laughs> we're doing a guaranteed first place, $2,000 for Men's Unlimited, and $500 for Senior Unlimited, um, Women Unlimited, and Bowhunter. So all told, we have, what, $3,500 in guaranteed first place money, and uh, plus PSE contingency, and then we're paying out, I think it's 80% of the purse money. So. The upside is the more shooters we get, the more money gets paid out all the way down through the class. So, so invite your your friends and your foe, and <laughs> we'll see you there. I'm There's excited. It's it's definitely we have a great venue. I don't know if you guys have talked about that before. I mean, the the venue we have this year is phenomenal, having a lot of space to put everybody on one line and, and really have a very very nice shoot. Yeah, um, that facility cool. is really nice. How's the scoring going to be this year? Same as we've always had it, inner ten scoring. Um, you know, we're using the Vegas face, so the X is 10, and then we have a big 9, and then 876 for the scoring. So, shooting a 450 round to qualify, and then uh, that'll qualify you into the brackets for head to head elimination. So, basically, it's like the World Cup, the World Archery scoring, but you're allowed to use 27 series arrows. Right, so. right. Yep. Alrighty, well, I guess that wraps it up. Um, Look forward to our, uh, our show notes. We're going to have a lot of the links and a lot of the extra details that you may have missed in this episode. And I think that about wraps it up. So 
see you guys later. Say bye. See ya. Peace see ya. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.